and welcome back to another episode of 30 Flirty Surviving. It's Tracy. New episodes drop every Monday at 9 a.m. on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. You can also cl- catch video clips on YouTube and you can check everything going on with the show on Instagram, 30 Flirty Surviving, and on TikTok. Appreciate you guys coming back. As you know, I really try as much as possible to diversify the guests that I have come on the show, people that are in different career industries, doing different things, maybe um, really unique stories and journeys. And so I'm always trying to to find something that really just like switches up and it keeps things interesting. And I think that who I have with me here today is going to be different in a lot of areas. It's a career path we haven't discussed yet. She has had a lot of amazing things in her journey. She was born and raised in Canada. Now she's here. So I'm like so excited to learn about that. She just turned 30 so we're gonna get all of her thoughts and feelings and concerns potentially about that as well and maybe um something unexpected at the end so without further ado please let me introduce you to miss taylor bryce hi wow. how are you you are made for this your <laughs> intro was amazing <laughs> that's so sweet of you because i just ramble Mm. I black out. I like. I hope it sounds good. So yeah, I, I appreciate the reassurance. I feel like this is the real deal, and I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. You were so sweet. I I feel like my research for the show is borderline like stalking. But truly, what happens is like I'll get down rabbit holes of Instagram, just like trying to find like people that I've connected with recently like who they're following who are they interacting with and like I stumbled across yours and and I saw right in your bio you had I health ox and third eye in there and so I was like okay this is something new something we haven't discussed and I just you know threw a shot in the dark message you and you got back to me immediately and that yeah. really means a lot so thank you for being so responsive and so on it honestly I loved your branding and I loved the 30 flirty surviving <laughs> sort of surviving and I just feel like I could totally fit the vibe here you absolutely can yeah right before we started recording she was like can we make it maybe like barely surviving this episode is 30 flirty barely surviving (laughs) very very relatable um okay before we start talking about some details I always do quick introductory questions with each of my guests fun stuff for them to get to know you so first things first is where were you born and raised I kind of gave it away but maybe you can tell us more so I was born and raised in Ottawa Ontario but I migrated to Toronto as soon as I was of legal age and basically never turned back how what's the distance probably like four hours but I feel like everyone that wants to do something with their lives just kind of migrates to the big city not necessarily do something with their lives but just a little bit more excitement more fun like Ottawa is a very sleepy town for sure interesting good to know good to know um how old are you I am unfortunately 30. Don't say unfortunately. (laughs) Just 30 in November, just so everyone knows. Okay, so it was like recent, recent. Uh Um, Well, we did a funeral party. Stop it. We did a rest in peace. Like saying goodbye to your 20s. -hmm. That's fun. There was a tombstone and everything. It was quite. So what I'm hearing is that you weren't excited about turning 30. I think I was nervous for sure, but it doesn't feel now that we're here, we're good. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The anticipation sometimes is worse. 29 than, was worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, relationship status. I am engaged. She's a taken lady. That is a beautiful ring. Congratulations. She's a sparkler. She's sparkler. Do you have a date set? Is it like a recent engagement? Um, it was a recent engagement. It was in August, but we're pumping it out and getting married this July. So less than a year later. Good for you. And I mean, obviously you're here now. So will you do it in Canada? Will you do it? So in I have the some States? big regrets. I would have had I've known things were going to go the way that they were. I would have just eloped out in Martha's Vineyard, but. Oh, I love I got carried away and we're doing it at my parents' house and we're having more of a traditional wedding than I, I really was a Vegas girl. Like I thought I was going to be a really? drive through Elvis. It's kind of just cringy. Like even thinking about my father walking me down the aisle, I just, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Do you not like the attention? Is that what it is? A mix. Yeah. I think I'm very like feminism a bit and a bit. I'm not super religious and I just, I don't get the whole meaning about the father giving you away. Like I had left a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, I don't right. need when a you man. went to Toronto, he <laughs> yeah, gave you away like, then. I don't know. I'm I don't know. The whole thing just feels a bit outdated. But you're in too deep. But it's, it's happening. too deep. There's like <sighs> it's a wedding. Are you planning it all on your own or do you have some help? No, wedding okay. planner. Well then that's good. Mm-hmm. At least if you went this route, you don't have the stress of having to manage it entirely independently. Because would that never, would I, really I, make you regret it. I have the privilege of having a wedding planner, so. Thank goodness. Um, last question is your zodiac sign. You were born in November, so. Scorpio. And I am a true Scorpio. Oh. I really am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you, you so you mm-hmm. resonate with I it? I love it. Okay. I'm really into zodiac signs. I mean, not, I'm not, had, I'm into my own, into my own. <laughs> I'm not into That's other so funny. I feel like most people are kind of like that. It's like they yeah. learn what relates to them and then they don't keep up with everything else, which is fair enough. Exactly. Fair enough. Um, okay. To be honest with you, I've said it before and I will say it again. This show has actually really made me change my perspective on certain Zodiac signs because I can't, like, I've always been into them. And now I ask everybody when they come on. And before doing this, I truly would say that Scorpios and Tauruses were like my least favorite human beings. Oh, wow. And I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, but it's changed my it's changed my opinion. My sister's a Scorpio. We just were so opposite. So it, like growing up, it, I was always like, I just don't understand I her. I think Scorpios love hate. Like you either are mm. really into it or you're like, what's wrong with them? Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's like just one extreme or the other. I have to yeah. grow to love them. Yeah. But it's it's happening on the show. So thank you for being a part of the the movement. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, And then I have one fun question for you. Since you um, obviously are from Canada, I'm just curious, like, is there anything that when you moved here felt like a little bit of a culture shock or that was hard to adjust to or possibly maybe just something about Canada that you think us Americans would feel surprised to know? I love how much fast food options you guys have. <laughs> that is for sure one. I also think you guys you guys feel so close to us. Like I feel like we don't feel like there's that much of a culture shock until mm. we're here. You guys are just in like the most polite way are just a bit more like polarized for sure. Like yeah. Canadians have a bit more medium ground like we meet in the middle on some things like we respect that like there's some middle gray area where you guys are just like one way or the other and you don't vibe in the middle yeah you know what I mean outside of Boston have you lived anywhere else 
So yes, with uh, my fiance's career, we have, were in Colorado. And then when he played with Jersey, he was up and down in the minors. And I visited Utica because I was not moving my life to Utica. Okay. And now we're here. Okay. I was just curious because I feel like that's also a very Boston thing. People yeah. in Boston are, have this really like tough exterior and they're very vocal. So I don't want us asshole Bostonians, us mass holes I to give you a, the bad impression of everybody in the United States. But this has been my, fr I honestly feel like in the U.S. you guys have like, there's definitely, like, I don't know how to explain it, but. I love it here. Okay, I find good. I feel like I got a weird vibe in New Jersey because it's just a bit more rough and tough. And I yeah. know Boston is like that, but I have I haven't really found it like I find it very wellness and maybe it's just the area like Southie and yeah. Seaport like it's so like by the water and like I don't know I love Boston okay happy to hear it we're yeah. gonna leave it there then <laughs> I'm not gonna try to uncover any negatives yeah, then exactly okay so um I'm gonna get into a little bit of specific I have like a couple little categories of questions that yeah. I want to ask you but before I start that will you just give everybody quickly a very like brief overview rundown of what iHealthOx and Third Eye yeah. is so they have an understanding. So it makes more sense to do it in reverse. Okay. So um, Third Eye Insights is actually, was my first first real job. I was like, when I was in uh, university, I was waitressing and I got to the point around 24 when I was like, I need to be a real person. I can't do this waitressing thing anymore. Yeah. I need to make, and I had a great degree and I was like, I need to start my career. It kind of a little bit fell in my lap, like an acquaintance of mine. She was building this amazing firm. And it at the beginning, it was just literally her and I. She was the saleswoman um, and I was the grunt work. We had a website developer and we just started building a digital marketing agency. We went from like one client, we're making like 500 bucks a month to like, she's a full scale boutique wow. agency. Like it's incredible what she has built kind of at the point when I had been there for two years and we were just starting to scale, I had landed the opportunity with iHealthOx and she wasn't quite ready to offer me the money I thought I was worth. And I kind of took more of a consulting role and stayed on, but took a full-time position at iHealthOx just because she wasn't ready to give me the money yeah. I was. And now they're way surpassed that. And there is a, maybe an opportunity I'll go back there at some point, but okay. I'm still consulting there. I'm still an account manager there. They're a full scale, boutique um, digital marketing agency. It's amazing. They have clients from Van Cleef to, um, I can't even, like full-scale gyms. Like it's amazing. And it, she's one of my best friends now and she's built a crazy marketing firm. Um, and then iHealthOx, it was a startup. It like fell into my lap and I could basically work my own schedule. It was work from home. It was amazing. It's basically, I don't, I, I hate describing it because it doesn't do it justice, but do you know what an employee assistant package is? Do you yeah. know what that is? Yes. So basically what the CEO did is they turned it digital. So it's an all, it's like a holistic approach to healthcare for an employee. You can mm -hmm. also come on as an individual, but basically we sell it as an employee assistant package. So it works with like mental health in the workplace. It's like if you're stressed out at work and you go to HR, yeah. HR is not really equipped to deal with your problems. Right. They're not therapists. They're not psychiatrists. So it's like a proactive app where you would onboard your entire workforce and basically you would do self-triaging and you do assessment and you could see on a scale basically where you're at on the mental health spectrum. Wow. Through all the 16 major mental health concerns. 
So you fill out this 65 questionnaire and at the end it gives you like clinically validated scores and assessments and shows you where you are on the life functioning scale. And just even with that knowledge as like a person, Mm -hmm. you can really like self-develop from there. That's amazing. Just for the sake of comparison to kind of help out and make sure I'm understanding, a platform like Cerebral or Better Health are similar, similar, similar idea, but, but those are so individual where this is like a full package for a company to offer to employees. Yeah. So it's 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 so much more holistic than that. Mm-hmm. Like it comes in and it does everything from your it can trigger with your Apple watch and you can do physical scores. So basically oh, wow. how it works, I'm, I'm not giving it justice. So <laughs> you would log in, you would do your scores and then you get immediately assigned a care coordinator who works with you to figure out your scores, why you're scoring the way that you worked and give you treatment plans. If you're just looking to like self-develop, mm-hmm. like do CBT work, or if you're looking to do full on psychotherapy, like it's like a huge range because it really works on personalized care. Yeah. Well, that makes sense too, because to your point earlier, I an EAP isn't really set up it's just to archaic. handle all of that. Yeah. It doesn't, I just think with work from home and everything that's going on, this is the barrier is done. Like Gen Z and Gen X are all the different ones underneath us. Millennial. Oh, no, I'm a millennial. It's Gen <laughs> Z, Gen X, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, they're just like, we'll live at home forever. We're not working somewhere that's yeah. shitty. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Totally. They're, they're just like, we're not down for that. Yeah. And I, why were we ever down for that? It's so, it's just one of those things like once you know better, you do better. But it's funny because I think, I like the older generation, my parents think that we're so entitled and so privileged and you know, no one wants to work these days. And it's just like, no, we just know what else there why is you out do so there. Much? Is that kind of why I yeah. asked my, my dad is a, a honest to God, the example boomer child. He got yeah. a government job at 18. And I mean, he made a killing young. He has a pension. I don't know if it's the same in Canada and US, but like mm-hmm. he has like the stable, he was an engineer, like got the dream of what his parents taught him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Stability. Yeah benefits like I had benefits until I was 25 that were like luxury benefits <laughs> it's I mean it's definitely admirable but I also think that um the common place that they find themselves in is being like 55 60 and they've been at the same job for 20 30 years and they're miserable and I just feel like we have this empowerment where like there's so much more to life and if you're not happy change it if, if it's not fulfilling you go in a different direction and I think that I wish they adopted that mindset because I just think that they could ha- there's more life totally. to live you know there's more to see out there totally I have some of my friends that work at older places and they'll just say like I can't come on trips and things because they can't take time off or manage their like they just work in a corporate place that doesn't like do that anymore yes and I'm just like whoa did you watch do you watch Netflix a lot or no Mm -hmm. did you see recently there was that new documentary that was like the longest third date Mm, I don't think so but what was it about um it was this couple that met on hinge in New York in February of 2020 and on their third date 
right when COVID was starting to become a thing, but we weren't in lockdown and quarantine yet, um, flights were starting to get super cheap. So they'd hit it off on their first two dates. The third date, he was like, flights to Costa Rica are 200 bucks, wanna just go for the weekend? And she was like, hell yeah. They ended up getting stuck down there for oh, wow. 80 days or something. Um, but one of the things- It's a such a wild third date, it's crazy. And now they're like still together and it's such a cute love story. But one of the things that made it work was that she brought her laptop and yeah. she could continue to work from home. So they weren't having issues. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I could never go back either. I work from home now too. And it's just, I can't imagine it any other way. But if that, if she was in a position where she had to be on site, she would have been screwed. She mm -hmm. had a luck, you know, and then you lose your job. And then how do you pay to stay out there when you're stuck out there? It's just craziness. Yeah. So I just think overall, there's just so many benefits. And also people don't get burnt out. Like that oh, little 100%. bit of balance, you come in, they're more prepared, they're refreshed and they do a better job. So and it works I think for it's the like, business too. Like not getting up to get ready. There's just so yes. much time oh my not gosh. wasted. Do you know what I mean? 1,000, 1,000%, especially Boston. It just got like voted the fourth worst city in the world traffic? for traffic. Mm, yes. Driving to the city, well, you wouldn't have to worry about it, but I live in the South Shore. Driving to the city, it's like an hour and a half every it's morning. It'd be three hours of my day. It's crazy. Awful. Okay, well, that's a perfect explanation. But I do, keeping in mind eye health and, and sort of the benefits that it provides, I'm curious for you personally, where does mental health fall in your day-to-day -day life? Has it ever been something that's affected your inner circle, you, yourself? Oh my God. Is it something you struggle and with? It, and something let's that be you're, honest. Yeah. It affects everyone Who, people yeah. don't want to share that that's fine but we are literally have mental health moments every day 1000 percent. so um my mom is actually the founder of the company okay. so mental health mental health days have been so okay let's let's circle back a little bit my mom is um she was a psychiatrist she had owned bricks and mortar clinics okay. psychiatry clinics um and she had autistic clinics as well and before COVID, she was like, how can I monetize this business? And she basically built her first app. It was called Snap Clarity. She had um, founded the whole app. It was basically Uber for therapy. You logged on mm -hmm. and you got matched to a therapist within minutes and you could be oh, chatting cool. within 24 hours based on your assessment scores. And she built the whole thing. But then COVID Damn, happened. Mama. I know. And then she's a crazy entrepreneur. And then COVID happened. And people were basically bidding war for her tech because she had all these benefit companies were working backwards to be like yes. to go digital, but hers was done and ready. It's a lot. It's not as easy as you think to work mm -hmm. backwards. So people were like, let's just buy her technology, move on. In her own contract, she had written she could compete if she were to sell the product because she wants to still own her mental health clinics. Mm -hmm. So when the bidding war happened, a bunch of investors, people getting involved had basically said, can you do this again? And she was like, yeah, I have a compete. So like I can build this again and I know how to do it. And a startup can be very cookie cutter, especially if you're staying in the same field. Yeah. So then she built iHealth within half the speed. Like it was crazy. We like Snap Clarity was, I have was on that project as well. And like, that was a crazy startup. Like, oof. And then <laughs> um, there was drama there and then just typical startup drama, funding issues and mm. raising issues. And then we move on to iHealthOX. Um, so my mental health has been like, when you have a psychiatrist or a mom, it's like a very weird dynamic. <laughs> like sometimes you just want to talk to your mom and yeah. vent and she's like, 
diagnosing you, you know? I I can only imagine. <laughs> I feel like I'm sure in so many ways it was such a benefit and an advantage to have. Um, but at the same time, you feel like you're constantly being like um, diagnosed <sighs> and, and monitored. It was annoying, yeah. for sure. Like sometimes you just wanted to like, just like have your mom join your side on your ridiculous antics. And like that just didn't really fly that often. Yeah. I have a little sister and she's dealing with it right now. Like just, she's in high school. So she's like oh, dealing yeah. with like mom in high school. And I just remember what I had to deal with. And I'm like, oof. Yeah. And it's like, mom, I'm just like 16 and like it's my hormones. Exactly. I, I don't have a mental health disorder, but like, let me just grow out of this phase. Right. Exactly. Sorry. I think I got a little off your question, but yes, mental health was super important. Yeah. Always. And oh, and like, do you want me to circle back and talk about how it was important to me specifically? If you have a personal story to share, but I feel like even that makes it all make okay. sense. Okay. Um, for sure. I think that it's it also makes sense to me how having that environment and growing up in that makes it a lot easier for you to just openly have those conversations probably with your friends, your circle, your fiance. You know, it's not one of those things that for so many people, it's just sort of not like becoming not taboo right and now for you you're ahead of the game a little bit because it's always been a topic of conversation totally I mean it the mental health thing I will say really brought me and my fiance closer he he deals with it also he deals with his own mental health struggles I mean being a professional athlete you yeah that's so much and I think that is the reason we are engaged today so I'm four years older than him I know, like diaper sniper. <laughs> I have heard all the jokes, whatever. He like beard fished me. He had like a beard and tattoos. It was confusing. Wait, that's amazing. He beard fished you? It was confusing. Uh, a beard can do that to you. It was confusing. He's 6'3". It was confusing. Oh, yeah. Hide the tattoos, the beard. Forget it. Yeah. So I had met him when I was 24 and he was 20, which is cool. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. I know. I was. See, I don't feel like 30 and 26 is that crazy, no. but that age, I mean, he wasn't even legal to drink. It, yeah, but we were at home. Oh, you were in Canada. And we had a really fun experience when we came to the US the first time, and I forgot because I had been drinking for four years or three years. Yeah. Anyways, that's for another time. <laughs> Story for a different episode. So when we had met, I was just kind of like getting out of my college and like wage, like just like yeah. my tr- scene phase. And I was like, why am I? So I was a big drinker for sure. Like mm-hmm. I was drinking so much and I was dealing with, I kept waking up being like, what? Why do I feel terrible? Like, why do I have crippling anxiety? And I feel like when I had met him, he was like really young and like needing a little bit of like, wellness also and I really went through a wellness journey like I I hardly drink and like I've just mean I just live really balanced now like so different than I mean than most people when they're under the age of 24 years old yes yes I like to think but it was being like normal. free and having that openness in your relationship mm-hmm. you're not carrying that extra weight you have a partner who understands and who can hear you and support you and so it takes a little bit of that load off I'm sure mm-hmm. you know you're not keeping it all to yourself that would be incredibly difficult so the fact that he was able to kind of understand that from his own personal journey and story mm-hmm it's a blessing you guys were meant to be. How did you meet? Um, so we met at a friend's birthday. Oh, nice. We were um, we were on this like yacht in Toronto. I know that sounds bougier than <laughs> okay. it is. Can't it was a friend's, really. not Wait, mine. Can we talk about being relatable on this podcast, Taylor? No. <laughs> it's not my yacht. It was a friend's. And there was all these like Toronto, I don't want to be judgmental, but there was these Toronto no. girls that were definitely trying to flex 
their Money. that it was their yeah. yacht down below and AJ wasn't from Toronto and we just kind of like he was like, whoa, this is, it was like almost his first few weeks in Toronto. And he's like, this is like a lot. Just like dealing, Toronto's very like LA of Canada. Okay, that makes so sense. So everyone comes to Toronto to like party and make something of themselves. Cause it's just like the hub. Like okay. Drake, Justin, they all live there. <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> Obviously don't know them. Um, anyways, so um, yeah. So we met basically that night and he just pursued me ever since or since the night that we had met. And honestly, we worked out because of his age, because I had just told myself, I was like, yo, for once, can you just let your guard down and enjoy hooking up with this 20 year old for the summer? Like yeah. he's going to go back to Colorado and be some whatever. What and I'm just like, do? I was like, just have fun. He's super hot. Like, and just like, forget about him. And I think that's the only reason we worked out. Cause I truly was checked out. I was like, this isn't, yeah. I'm not letting myself get hurt. I, I don't care. He's 20. Like what, like, do you know what I mean? And now here we are engaged about to be married it's crazy <laughs> okay wait okay so i was gonna say this for a little bit i had a couple other questions about yeah. tech but maybe we'll circle back to that because we're on the topic so i want to stay um while it's fresh in my mind but um you that's how you met okay and then let's talk about that a little bit too because like once you start to finally let your guard down mm -hmm. did you have reservation oh well I get we didn't even say it so he plays hockey right yeah. did we say hockey okay so he did you know he was going to be playing professionally when you met him was that something that you were able to sort of prepare for up front so okay so I had he had, obviously we got into it right at the, in Toronto it's like really hard to understand but like most of the people around you every girl in Toronto are hockey players at some level it's just mm -hmm. the Canadian way okay but the I was at a party. I was what we were well aware of. Like we were talking about each other's careers and what we did at the time. I knew what he did. It, and again, I was also like, he's 20 and a hockey player. This is not going anywhere. So yeah. just like have fun. So age aside, if we're just thinking about his career path, was that an instant, maybe like not red flag, but like created a little bit of reservation for you it was or this is going to be annoying to travel all the way to Colorado like how am I yeah. going to see this person again I but I feel like that's why weren't. we worked out because mm -hmm. I wasn't I didn't think it was going to work out yeah do you know what I mean when your totally. eggs aren't in the basket I feel like it's just like a lot yeah to totally and I will say so for the first maybe we're jumping ahead too much but for the first year and a half I wasn't working and I was like it was, it's a really hard dynamic when someone's like paying for your life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And really affecting your career because I can't really, I was, I was continuing to waitress and I couldn't really make that jump career wise. And I was like, there's definitely this weird power dynamic when you're not working. Like, and I know maybe people will feel differently, but not having your own shit is really hard when you're under the age of, when you're not a mom yet, I think, you know, and we'll get into that whole thing later, but like until you're a mom, you need to be doing your own thing. Yeah. You know? I, I, I feel like even as a mom, like you want to just yeah. have something that your identity doesn't have to only be tied to another person, whether totally it's agree. your kids, whether it's your oh husband, like you need to have something for yourself, but yeah, sneak, it's hard. Sneak it's peek. hard. It's hard. Cause it's all connected yeah, in the it really same is. circle. It really is. But I, do I think I want to commend you for having that point of view and that mindset because just candidly, like I think most girls are 
chasing that lifestyle in a lot of ways. We see it glamorized on TV quite often. I mean, there's literally TV shows that are like the wags of LA, the wags of whatever city, right? And you see all these girls that don't make their own money. They use their baby daddy or their husbands or whatever, and they live these lavish lifestyles. And I feel like women are just like, oh, wow, that's so amazing. And I love that that's not what you were attracted to. I love that that's not something you were trying to obtain. I have to like be careful and tiptoe because some of the closest people to me are in situations where maybe they can't work or their moms. And it's not to come for moms, even if I talk about my own mother, like just balancing your life, my mom works too much. It's not, no one should be so zoned in one thing. Like Mm -hmm. you need to be a multifaceted person to, I think feel fulfilled, to be honest. Totally, I've said that like a hundred times on this. There's there's no hate, if if you, if that's what you wanna do is be a mom, more power to you. It's just my personal preference is I personally don't want to have just the one thing that I'm tied to because I fear when my kids turn 18, what am I going to do with my life? When my husband's like career takes priority because maybe he's the breadwinner because I'm not working. What am I going to do? Twiddle my thumbs at home. Like for me personally, I just think that it's important to have your own thing. How can you not resent your partner? Like I just truly when you're so sidelined, I just, it's just hard. And it's like a delicate topic for women because I feel like we're so chasing the ring and the, and the timeline and I'm victim, I'm victim. Like when I was getting closer to 30 and me, I knew engagement was around the corner. I feel like it got hungrier for me. Do you know what I was? Cause I was ready to move on and I was like, okay, like, and it was coming and we got engaged like that summer, but I, I felt it as well. Like getting closer to 30, like it's just genetically like. It's in you. you know I mean? Yeah. It's such a multifaceted question. I, yeah. I will say from my personal experience, my relationship got better when he was like inspired by what I was doing. And he was like impressed by what I was doing when he was like, wow, like my girl's got something going on. And I can honestly say wag life. I have been in this for six years now. The best year this year has been amazing. Like all the girls are amazing, but this year still new. But when I talk about my years past, the best year I ever had was this year in Colorado. And I will say that year was the most I had ever seen all the girls work. Do you know what I mean? Like so many of the wives had been having jobs and maybe it was just a coincidence, but I just feel like everyone was so busy. There was like so much less wag drama because when you're not working, you notice things like, do you notice like she never likes my Instagram pics? Oh my God. Because you just like aren't busy. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you just, have that. To, you have the time to and, focus on and you that. Know, I don't even want to focus on that stupid shit. I mean, you just notice things with your man. Like, do you notice he never picks up his shit? Like, when you're busy with working, you're just like, okay, throw it in the bin. Like, you don't. Right. You're not like picking stupid fights because you're just like, I'm busy. Right, and you don't have to be sitting there like waiting for him to come home. It's you have your own stuff going on, right. and it, I just think it's it's so necessary for like recharging your batteries for feeding your own soul. And I, it's like the same idea. I, you know, I say this with kids cause it's like that mom that like leads PTA. Why is she on like the lunch ladies 24 seven and the teachers and the other parents and all like, because she has nothing else to do besides the PTA and whatever I think 
fills your soul and like makes your heart happy, then go for it. But if you start noticing those negative habits alongside it, maybe it's important to just keep this in mind and see if you need to check yourself. And maybe it would be helpful to have something else going on too. But I think that what I, when I think about what, and I have no idea, I'm totally judging it from an outsider's perspective, but like I said, it's on TV, right, all the time. You see it in the magazines, and it looks just so amazing. But when I really think about what it would be like to be in the shoes of somebody like you, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I instantly think of the sacrifice. I I can't listen. You can't, it's really hard to complain when your bills are paid and your man has like a little tiny bit of stuff. Poor me. Poor you. you. You don't really have to work if you didn't want to, but... But like, it's so much selflessness. You are so yeah. this person's significant other. You are, and after a while, like I think it's fun when you're 20 and you're like, yay, like we're cool. <laughs> and like, but when you get 30, you're kind of tired of being like, I'm so irrelevant. Like these people won't even talk to me if I wasn't dating this person and your value. And like, I've talked about this with a few of the other wives this year. And we've talked about like, if you don't feel that tiny bit of they know that you create the solitude in their life. Like, I don't think, I truly agree that they wouldn't be where they are without the, the home life that they have because they are the most, like they have such a dopamine, like I'm jumping around, but when you're playing like that, mm-hmm. they get screamed at by like adults of being loved and cherished. Like the dopamine hits and like the serotonin must be crazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when they're going through like slumps or bad seasons, like it is the grumpiest time of like, it's really hard. I will say for the most part, most athletes are very grumpy. Like <laughs> if they're not scoring or they're not playing well, it's just like, this is kind of miserable. Yeah. Like, well, I was telling you too, right before Hurley was like giving me a rundown on how the playoffs work and how sports are. And like, especially something like hockey where there's so many games and oh, it's yeah. a longer season, right? Where there's like football is not, it's one game a week, right? right. So it, like, I feel like, so much of their mood is, of course, going to ride on how they perform and where their standings are because it's it's literally all consuming. Like, honest, honestly, if it's your second child and you're about to give birth and there's a playoff game, there's like a 99% chance they're not going to be there. Like they're not going to miss a playoff game for your second kid. Maybe your and first, and even your first is kind of like, that's what I think of when I say this. You're alone. This like it's sacrifice. a very, you're very alone. And they get traded. It's not like, it's like, I'm leaving. I've practiced tomorrow right. with my other team. Like, do right. your so, shit. Okay, Th- like thinking about, it, okay, maybe they have like one or two games a week. How many days do they have off a week, say, normally? Hockey's not as bad, but because I feel like they're home by like noon every day when they're, oh, okay. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, but on game days, they're, I don't know. Some people feel like they're gone a lot. I don't. Because, like, Loki, my boyfriend annoys me, or my fiance annoys me, so I don't mind. <laughs> You're like, please, be gone, be gone. I, I guess I'm just thinking, like, if, in my head, I was thinking they'd be having, like, long days no, and but be they, busy. Sometimes they'll go yeah. to work for, like, two or two weeks. So, like, it's like crazy. while they're out doing that, you're holding down the fort. Oh God, and yeah. then you're building that life for yourself, whether it's with your career, whether it's just meeting, you know, the other wives and girlfriends, right? Whatever you're doing, you're getting acclimated to a new city. And then they come home one day, and they're like, hey, babe, we're going to... Oh. North Dakota, I don't even know if there's a team there, but like, you know, like that you just have to drop everything and go. And so it is 
that that must be really challenging for you challenging. to never feel like you have a solid home base or like it could be taken away at any moment. I think it's a little different experience for me and AJ because AJ has fought for his job here. He's been someone that was up and down and like that dynamic mm-hmm. is very different from someone who just like makes the club right out of like okay being young. Do you know what I mean? Like you make it as a 20 year old and you're just in the league. Like AJ said to like fight to get here. So like for me, I'm... I have learned to not get attached anywhere other than him. I just want him to like, this is such a short period of time. I like it's max done at like 35, like maximum. That's so young. Like let's just get as much money as we can. If we need to move every year, we're in it for like, we really are in this for the money. Like, yeah, you know, we're going to maximize his potential and like, we don't need to like take less money to stay somewhere because we're not a person that's signing like an eight year deal. We're signing like Mm -hmm. two years. So let's just be, smart about it yeah you know what I mean but I think that also speaks to the history of your relationship and meeting him before this Mm -hmm. all really um escalated and evolved into what it is now because I I imagine it must be more difficult trying to get on the same page and build that foundation when and I'm making a judgment here I do not know but like when you're meeting them in the middle of their journey you know what I mean 100% so you guys have that Mm -hmm. that really solid foundation and that solid base so you know like me and him we're on the same page like there's no breaking that Um, and I feel like there's a comfort and you can kind of take a sigh of relief in that knowing that you guys made an agreement per se Yeah, I I completely agree. Like, it's just, it's a very different dynamic when you go through it together the whole way. Yeah. And I have a friend who's going through that. Definitely. Like she's, she's met her man, like when he's towards the end, not even towards the end, but he's like really established himself and she's like finding her identity within him. And she's going through her first year blues. Like she's really like, this is like really hard to just. Is that a thing? First year blues? I call it because the stuff she talks about, I'm like, oh man, I gave up. Coin that, coin that term. First, first year, blues. year blues. Like she's just dealing with stuff that I was like, oh, that was like five years ago for me. Like it's just <laughs> funny to relive it because I love her and just we're reliving it together. Do you think that um, the girls kind of rally together as a support system? Like you're there the Bruins, for one another? The Bruins wives are a different situation. Like we have Marshan's wife and Berger, like they're the best. Mm-hmm. Like they, I have never felt so welcomed on it. Like it's just the best year. And like the girls... It's not normally like that, I will say. Maybe it is. I've only played on three teams. I don't want to jump, but this team has been magical. Like, I've never felt like within a month, I felt like I was part of the team. Is that how long it's been? A month? No, You've no, been no, here? no. Oh. It's, we've been here like eight months. We're in playoffs now. We're like eight months in. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm still learning. I'm yes. still learning. I'm catching I mean, up. life is a whole other thing. It's like one little facet of my life, but it, it's a unique experience for sure. Okay. Got it. Um... Next thing that like kind of like a segue into that is you mentioned, you know, you did start to feel it a little bit when you got to 30 and you saw that number. So taking a step back from just being someone's fiance or wife and that sort of struggle. But for you, you said you weren't super excited about it. What was really making you nervous about the number? And do you think that him being younger has anything to do with that? No, I know it doesn't. Um, There were my own insecurities. I think it's because when you say to someone, oh yeah, like I'm 30 and they go, oh my God, I thought you were like 23. And I'm like, like, is it that old? Like, or I thought you were like 25. Like, 
if I like, am I supposed to look that different? Like I work out, I eat healthy. Like I put on sunscreen, like I'm not going to look that different from five years ago. And I hope You're to not so look funny. that different in five, like at 35, I should still look like this. Yeah. It's funny. I think that, um, this is sort of a common theme too, there, that I'm learning as I'm getting older. There's so many kind of as times are changing a little bit, but there's so many comments that people make that come from a good place are intended to be complimentary, but don't necessarily land well. And I think that's one of those things. Like totally. you you only look 23 and you're supposed to be like, oh my gosh, thank you. But instead it's like, well, what's wrong with 30? Yeah. Why can't I look 30, you know? Or, oh my gosh, like you're so thin, things like that, mm -hmm. right? And then it makes people feel like, oh, well, do I look like I need to gain more weight or vice versa? There's just things that people say where it's just like, maybe we should stop making comments whether yeah. you think it's flattering or not about our looks, about our relationship statuses, about our age, anything like that. I mean, yes, on everything <laughs> that you just said. I think the the compliments that don't really realize they're compliments, but I I love myself at 30. Like I was wild at 20. Like I was like I said, crippling anxiety. I had no sense of direction. Like I went through the 25 year old blues. Like I feel like most people do at 24, 25, 26. Like I was, I remember I was waitressing and I was in the back and I was drinking wine with my friend and I was like, I'm either gonna have to like move home and save, but I cannot do this. Like I need a career direction. Like I need to, cause waitressing is like really great money, but it's a little bit demeaning. And cause it like the word server is short for servant. Like people yeah. talk to you, like, get me this. And, and like, and I was, I can't do that. I was done with that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't miss that life at all. Like I don't. It's hard fucking work and you Everyone should respect. work in the yeah. service industry. I got fired from every service job because so. I told like people be like, can I get ketchup? And it was like two 30 AM. I'm like, no fucking chance. Am I going back there? Like uh, don't sit in my section i'm trying to close right oh my god that's so funny i got fired from every no, it'll server humble job. you real quick oh, yeah everyone needs to do it and i just like i didn't love the i did a lot of self-development i i low-key think i had like a bit of alcohol dependency like not at a point where i needed to go to like rehab or anything but i mm -hmm. was like definitely drinking to cope i was like having severe ins insomnia i think because drinking was affecting my sleeping yeah. and like i was i was taking night like NyQuil to sleep and like I it was dark and and until I found like third eye insights and I started to feel like a purpose in my life and start to have a sense of direction it it was but you have to pull yourself out of it do you, you know do. what I mean you have to be ready um because it's I also don't think it's in everyone's best interest to just say, I need to get out and then get out with no clear sense of direction, yes. you yeah. know? So you need to really know what your next move's gonna be. Mm -hmm. um, because if you're already kind of in that slump mm -hmm. or that funk, and then you just abruptly stop, it gives you this, I think a little bit of shock and it can not necessarily be the best for everybody. So I, I just, like, I was like, like I said, I was coping, I was drinking and mm -hmm. doing well, that lifestyle, like, it's hard. Like the oh, hours totally. are just off, you Because know? you just like, you finish your shift and you have like one glass of wine and then yeah. into two and like, it's just a whole dynamic, you know? Totally. Like, and I, and you're working like shift work. Like, I don't know. It's just very dark. But anyways, like when I look back, like I don't love the person that I was like, I, I, I love the person that I am. Like, I love that I, if AJ left today, yes, my lifestyle would change, but not that much. Like, I have my own life and my own money and my own, like, completely my own identity. Like, mm -hmm. and I learned those lessons young. Like, and it was really enforced in me. Like, I'm just a bit cynical. And maybe people say that's, like, pessimistic. But I just think I'm a bit real. Like, I think it's realism. Yeah. I've never really, like, 
divorce rates of athletes are like 75%, like higher than 50, 50%. Like, wow. You need to like be aware of that. And like, not that you need to go into this, like we're going to get divorced, but like, no, I should probably protect myself. And I, I watched so many of my friends, another friend who's not even an athlete. She was just in a situation with a wealthy man. And, and I had told her a few times and our relationship got into like a really, cause I learned my lessons young and I, I had tried to instill in her. I was like, this guy is not going to protect you. He's making you sign things. And like, he's making it very clear that if you guys break up, he's protected. And like, by not working for two years, like you're not protecting yourself. And like, I'm just cynical. I, I just want to be in a position if we ever broke up, like I'm just, I'm normal. I don't think that it's being cynical, but I, I think it's, it's actually just not being naive. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. I, cynical, I feel, insinuates that you're constantly looking at things from a negative lens. I don't think you're looking at it negatively. You're just not living in like the clouds, you know, you're, you're saying, okay, this is a very real possibility, but then it's also very real that we're going to live until we're 90 in rocking chairs and have a beautiful family and be together forever. But like, what am I going to do if option A happens versus what am I going to do if option B happens? Because you, you need to have the other person mm-hmm. just because you want to stay in it. And you're like, I'm going to stay for life. Doesn't yes. mean you don't need to be prepared for what they're going to do. Right. Like, and, and I'm not trying to put negative ideas in your head now that we're talking about this, but like, is it ever something that crosses your mind? Like, is he going to have some sort of identity crisis? You've been going through this journey trying to figure out who Taylor is and what she wants. When hockey's over for him, what is he going to do? I, I completely And then agree. is that going to change the dynamic of your relationship? I'm sure it will in some sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, how can it not? Right. How can it, I feel like that'd be crazy to think that I wouldn't, but I hope it changes for the the right way. I mean, I have pushed AJ to stay like at BU and he's finishing up his degree because he he him. also can't be multifaceted. And I don't want to speak for him, but I watched his mental health suffer when he was just focusing on hockey when he wasn't doing other things like other hobbies and school. And, and I think that's, it works for men and women about like pushing our friends and people to not be just moms or not be, but you also don't want to be judgmental. If they're happy, like, who are we to say, like, well, like, but what happens if he leaves you? Like, yeah, you know, because they're really fulfilled being a mom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it is the hardest job. Beautiful, beautiful thing. But that's, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not even if we take the idea of their marriage not lasting out of the picture, you know, and hopefully they have a long lasting, really happy, successful marriage. That's great. But regardless of that, your kid's going to turn 18 one day and then have a life of their own. So and then that's, you see parents go through, like, yeah. go through these huge, it, I know you yeah. just need to be multifaceted. I think yeah. is the point. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like what you're going through now and what you're figuring out for yourself, he's going to end up doing mm-hmm. at one point when, you know, the career starts, maybe he gets not, I don't was going to say, maybe he gets injured, but like, no, just but when he gets old, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, whatever 100%. happens and it's like, it's done. I mean, his career being done at 35 is, is very young. Like that's young. We're young. When, yeah. Both. Totally. I, I mean, yes, some athletes play till thirty seven, and like. Yeah. But like, even thirty five is like a stretch. We're more like thirty three, thirty four. Like that's a baby. Most people right. in the real world, r- real world, barely have their careers figured out. Then mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So it's just him finishing his his degree and doing those things now, so that he's prepared when that time comes, and he can be husband. He can be maybe dad if you guys want kids. I don't know or not, but like he can be both of those things. But then also maybe use degree or maybe he gets into sports in a different capacity but it's not just going to be like okay I don't go to practice I don't have games what do I do now Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that he will have you to kind of lean on as he goes through that experience. Um, and you, again, having that foundation beforehand, I think really makes a huge, huge difference. But yeah. what I'm curious about, and tell me if this is like actually just becoming redundant, but like you've had so many major things moving to a different country. Um, you know, you've just turned 30, which is a huge milestone. You have this very unique position as a fiance to a professional athlete. Like where, what, I know you're saying you've done the work, but like what, what did you do exactly to help find Taylor, figure out who Taylor is? And is it just trying different things? Is it like just not getting too comfortable and content in a space of constant Mm -hmm. one thing or another, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think like literally all of those things. I think being real with myself that the constant, I think realizing multifaceted, faceted life is the way to go. Having a career is definitely for me right now until my mom or until I'm a mom, I have to. And I think exercise, learning, learning that I need to exercise pretty much every day. To, just to keep my anxiety like at bay. Like there's so many things like I need to stop drinking. Whenever <laughs> I feel myself like spiraling, I look back at that week and I'm like, I ate like shit. I drank yes. twice that week. I slept like shit. And it just all adds up. Yeah, It's just like all the corny things that you, like if you do like a little bit of meditation and you go maybe go to like a cold plunge and you, it actually works. Yeah. It's so sad. Like all this stuff that we're it's like, no, it's, I, it's just like all the stuff we make fun of. And we're just like, why do those people like we at 20, we're like, look at those 30 year olds like meditating <laughs> and like doing cold plunges. And you realize like at some point I just don't want to feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. It hit, it comes quick and it hits you. It I feel does. like at 26 and 27, I was like, I cannot function like this anymore because we were still living in the like party lifestyle still at that point. And it was probably around 26, 27 where I was like, I can't feel like this again. Mm -hmm. I can't wake up another day being like, why is my anxiety? Like, and a lot of it had to do with alcohol. And it wasn't like we were like morning drinkers. Like I'm just talking like a normal, like drinking three or four times a week. When we live in the city, it's like, let's grab drinks after your work on Thursday. And then we would party hard on Saturday. And it's just like, you're, exhausted it's just like a recreational activity it's yes. and it's just like why not and it just adds up so much and you can't bounce back and recover from the hangovers like you could years back I know I can't like I can, if I no. if I have one night I'm I'm out for the count the next Literally. day um but you talked about exercising and doing that I do want to commend you because you recently <laughs> just ran in the Boston Marathon yes. which is I feel like again a great example of doing something for yourself it's a little I goal and something to work something towards. that I did while we were here that's freaking incredible it was were you crazy. always a runner okay so I've always been a runner AJ during COVID when he was off from hockey, we started mm-hmm. running together and I realized like I could be a real runner because he just, <laughs> he just screamed at me all the time, like, pick it up. I I grew up with like very gentle parenting. Yeah. And I my parents just like, do what you want. And I think I wish I had a bit more of his crazy discipline. And I maybe could have been like maybe something at running because I, I've realized like how crazy I've gotten. And even this was my first marathon. And honestly, I don't think he thought I could do it because I'm just a I'm just, I have a touch of like baby in me. Do you know what I mean? And I just had we to prove- We all do. He, I just had to prove him wrong, but like, I and I, I murdered it for my first one. No, I'm not like crazy, but I yeah. murdered it for me. What What was your time? 
Uh, I think the official time was three hours, 44 minutes. I and know. you told me you wanted to be under four. I so know. you did it. Congratulations. I think a lot of my That's no freaking joke, girl. No, I know. And I, it, I told myself I had never wanted to do it ever again because honestly, training is miserable. It's miserable. Mm-hmm. Like it even is miserable. Like you're out for a week. Like I haven't ran... And this was my first time it's been over a week and it because it hurt like your whole AC like your whole knee is blown like it's not blown but like there's bruises all around my knees because it's just like overworked the constant yeah. like, hitting of it it wasn't wow. as bad yeah, as I thought the run but the training to get there and like but then I was like I'll never do it again and then a little part of you like I could break qualify because I got in through the Boston Bruins obviously like I didn't okay. qualify we put in a charity team and I was one of the members on the on the charity team um but like to qualify, it's only two hours for my age group. It's two hours and 30 minutes. And I was like, man, I'm right there. Like I could probably just like do it one more time and like show everyone I could have qualified. Do you know what I mean? Totally. <sighs> but it's so miserable. <laughs> it's actually miserable. Like everyone's like, you'll get the bug. But I'm like, that was miserable. But also don't you kind of feel like you have a little bit of a high too after completing 100%. it? Yeah. So there's pros and cons. And you know everything. what's annoying is I d- that night was the playoff game one. So I had went mm-hmm. from the basically went from the race showered and went to like celebrate him and I was like I didn't even get like a minute to be like I was lit (laughs) (laughs) all my family like they came into town and they made me feel like they didn't even care about the playoffs because they were like left right after pretty much I mean they went to the game but they were like so hyped for me that's really sweet I know but you just I think it again he was seeing how proud my family was and how proud he was again just having things that are just like for you totally cool accomplishments totally and I think that there is something in every guy just a little bit and maybe I'm making a generalization but like you know like the old school like I want to protect and provide but also how attractive is it to see your girl doesn't need you she wants you you know what I mean and that must be like he's still falling in love with you more and more each day because he's seeing these other sides of you and I think that that keeps him on their toes a little bit too 100% I if you get into that phase where you're just not either how can you not like your man if he's not like inspiring you a little bit totally that's what I think relationship should be you guys are you know, fueling off of one another, you're challenging each other, pushing each other. If you're not growing, maybe not always in the same direction, you're doing different, you know, things that you're working towards, Mm -hmm. but you're each trying to still get a little bit further into or to the next level, whatever it is that's personal for you. And if you have that support, I think you guys, you know, can last through anything. Not you guys, well, you guys, yes, but I mean like everybody, you know? I totally agree. I totally agree. Honestly, Um, it's hard to navigate, but it's- You need your own. You do. It's just hard because I feel like it feels personal at the women that we're saying that at, but it's genuinely coming from a place of trying to help. But it feels mm-hmm. it feels judgy to say that kind of stuff because I have friends that are in positions, but I do kind of underlying them, see them craving a bit of like appreciation or a bit of like just feeling lo- like not inspired, but like feeling like they are wanted by their man and like their man is inspired by them but they're just getting a little bit complacent and it's not meant to feel judgmental it's just reality but sometimes reality is like mean do you know what I mean I am a big believer in tough love you know what I'm trying but you know what I mean like it feels it feels like what do we think we're so much better because we have it figured out and I definitely don't it's just like and you'll be the first to admit that yeah Yeah. but it's I I think there I think that people can feel when advice 
is given out of a place of love versus a place of judgment. And so even though it may sound like it's coming off a little harsh or abrasive, like you just said, your intention is clear. It's just to help. You're looking out. Sometimes it's hard. I mean, we've all been in toxic relationships, negative relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're kind of had those rose colored glasses on. Mm -hmm. So we've all been in situations where someone treated us one way that we didn't expect, or you've, oh my gosh, I never thought that was how that was going to turn out for me professionally, in a relationship, friendships, everything. So it's just, you never know. And it's Mm -hmm. just about being prepared. And I think that it's really special that, you know, we care about those people in our lives to say, like, you deserve to have something going for Mm -hmm. you that's not just one thing um, because you have so much more to offer, Mm -hmm. you know? You can still be the best wife in the whole world. You can be a kick-ass mom Mm -hmm. and that can be your number one priority and that's amazing. But keep something for you that's just for you too because you deserve it. You owe it to yourself. 100%. I want to lastly, just really quickly, um, if you if we can't talk about this yet, you can tell me. But the podcast, can we mention yeah, it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you and I were chatting beforehand, and you gave me a little spoiler alert, a mm-hmm. sneak peek that um, you are going to be soon putting out your own podcast, which is called the Sassy Girl Podcast. But it's, it's called Sassy Talks. Sassy Talks. Yeah. Sassy Talks. But it's Sass. S-A-A-S-Y, like software as a service. So you're a little tech pun jokester. I enjoy it. I love it. Exactly. Um, I love that you're sort of this face for women in tech. We don't have a ton of them, or at least Mm -hmm. I don't know many. So it's really cool to see somebody doing something different and being able to speak about it and teach people more about it um, and give them a resource to go where they can educate themselves. But what sort of inspired you to get the podcast up and going? So obviously being my watching my mom go through a SaaS, it's like a very unique experience. Like a, a woman dealing with Unfortunately, a lot of investors are met. I know there's like she invest and like those type of companies, which mm-hmm. my mom does now, but um there's a lot of men involved when it comes to like investing and when it comes to like getting people's money and when it comes to like just everything, there's a lot of men involved in the startup space and the tech especially. Um, Anyway, so watching my mom like really navigate the tech space, it really was like eye opening to what women go through. And I feel like there's always the play on like when women are sassy and like, there's just like this underlying tone of like, negative around being sassy and bitchy and bossy and whatever all that stupid shit men make up um so basically i wanted to interview just some of my favorite women from like SaaS companies and we we kind of navigate what it was like building their empires in their own and i have like a few different guests that um like one of them was she built like this it was called um Oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting, but she changed the name now. It's called Juno College, but it was basically like a coding school for only women. And she like taught all these women on how to code, like what a badass school. Um, And then I had some girls from Shopify. I'm sure you guys know what Shopify is. So that's a, that's an Ottawa where I'm from. Oh, I didn't know that. They built it in Ottawa. It was like 10 people when it first started. Yeah. Right out of Ottawa. It was a startup. Um, And it's huge now, but I had some of those, like the women in HR and we had some of the funniest conversations about so this is something that's very unique to startups or SaaS is like a lot of people do things like 
um, they have share exchanges and like their compensation Mm -hmm. is very different than just like regular pay. But she had told me in HR, she had made a Google doc and she was like learning how to use Google doc. And she had, unfortunately the share settings where everyone could see people's pay. And I think it would really, especially even at my company at one point, we were a lot of execs and then a lot of like bitch workers. Do you know what I mean? Because you can't afford middlemen. So we need the people that are skilled and multifaceted that can work in every department and then the execs calling it. Mm-hmm. So like there was people making a lot of money and having shares and there's Large people, discrepancies. People, like if we saw that, there would have been a full riot, I think. Right. And I can't imagine a Shopify was any different. And she, she let on that it was like not that different, that there was riots in the street. That is hilarious. I love that it's very real and raw. And also, I think it's really inspiring that there's this sort of understanding or saying of like, you know, a man can go into a position of power and be um, kind of mean or harsh. And it's, well, he's direct and he Mm -hmm. um, is very goal oriented and business driven. Whereas a woman does that same, could say the same exact thing, could have the same exact demeanor and tone. And it's perceived like she's a bitch, like you were saying. And so you're kind of, you're kind of taking that and almost you know, rather than allowing them to have this narrative of us and this perspective, you're like owning it, like taking it back. You know, like, you know how like years ago people were talking about the word bitch, right? Like it used to be girls were bitches and it was this negative thing. And then we started being like, what's up, bitch? And like, hey, bitch. And like, then we're, we say it. So it doesn't feel as icky. It's desensitized. You're kind of doing that and talking about how like, yeah, we know this is being said, or this might be a common um, thought process. But if we talk about it and we own it and we change it and put our own spin on it, then it won't hurt us and it can't be have this negative connotation as much anymore. It's changing the narrative for sure. I think it would really, it's actually crazy. Like anyone I interview, like what they went through in a startup, it's just like women getting through that is crazy. Like it's just the barriers that women experience are, it's just... It's, it's hard to even explain. I couldn't, I don't know that I have it in me to do what my mom does, like raising capital. Like at one point we were like 20 people and she has to like raise capital. She has to like, when you're dealing with other people's money, especially like bulldogs money that are like rich ass men that you're like, they're giving you money. I'm sounding so articulate, but I, I'm just trying to slang it as easy as it is, but she's dealing with these rich ass dudes, (laughs) the money. And I'm just like, Yo, I would crumble. Like yeah. she's a strong ass person. And I feel like any of the women that are in those and maybe I'll grow into that, but it's intimidating to see what she does. Right. She's coming into something and the odds are almost stacked up against and you her. And you have to like report to this board. It's just like way above my pay grade at this point. I mean, it's women go through like if you have a successful startup, the barriers that they went through are just so much different than what they went through as a man. Absolutely. I, I'm, like without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. I agree. Um, so where can they find the podcast and is it out yet? It's not out yet. It's it's hard to explain. It's going to probably be in app. So it's like, I, I'm not sure where it's going to, we'll probably put it on Instagram. I'm not sure. It's not definitely not a clickbait podcast. It's more for like women dealing with mental health and like yeah. dealing it, it cause it's sponsored by iHealthOX and they're putting it out. It's more. So it's not going to be for public consumption. We're not sure where it's going. We've okay. taped four episodes and we want to get eight finished and then once it's done we're gonna figure it out we are gonna put it out on instagram and i think it's more for like the linkedin space for sure like people that want to hear about like 
You know, in your 30s, you look at like Tinder profiles, but in our 30s, we look at like LinkedIn profiles. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just like we're having a different, like our younger generation who listens to podcasts, it's more on like LinkedIn. Right. So it's not like 30, 40 surviving. <laughs> well, I mean, a little bit. I feel like that could thrive exactly. on LinkedIn. This would thrive on LinkedIn. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like um, it's, it's a different it's a different approach approach yes exactly that's the makes sense i understand that um last but not least before i let you go um where can people find you on social media um they can just find me under my name at t bryce that's my party my former party girl name t bryce well it's my first name initials yeah and my last name like your little nickname would be yeah cute very like hockey guy nickname oh is it you know yeah i don't know i feel like athletes really use your like last name and in toronto that's like hockey life you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um when i was in high school um when remember like g unit that is yours something to do with G? it was t unit that's what people (laughs) call me isn't that horrible that's amazing i just feel like everyone people just called me t bryce like like my last name yeah no we've all been there we've all had those names oh yeah um and i always ask each of my guests to leave with a final piece of advice it can be a mantra that you try to live by it can be a lesson that you learned that someone told you that has like stuck with you ever since. Um, I know you've given a lot already, so it may be in parallel with that. It could be totally different, but if you want to leave them with one thing, what would it be? My best advice would be to not play the compare game at this age. Do you know what I mean? Other people are going through big life milestones. If you're not quite there yet, yeah, just it's hard. It's easier said than done. I'm just trying to give advice of what I wish I listened to. <laughs> right, right. It's not always easy, but it, yeah. it's sometimes you just have to hear somebody say it to you to let it sink in. And it might take a couple different times. Some but people m- might be on kid number two, but like you might not be, it's not there yet. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we're not going to have kids at 35. Like right. it's okay. I love it. I feel like that's the whole motto of the show. You get it, girl. You you read the assignment. Thirty, flirty, and barely surviving. Is that the name of the episode? That's the name of the episode. That's gonna be the title. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week.